Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I am Will Heisentritt, and this is Sometimes Baseball. I am joined, per usual, by writer, journalist, editor, broadcaster, former communications and corporate communications intern, former distinguished video coordinator, and my good friend, co-host David Bourne. How you doing, David? Living large, Will. How are you today? Doing fantastic myself. Now, two's fun, but three is always a party. With that being said, we're also joined by former camp counselor, former distinguished manager of college basketball players, owner of the coolest cleats ever, and our good friend, Bobby White, once again. How are you doing, Bobby? Loving life, Will. How about you? I'm living large, too. Loving life as well. Uh, all right, we're going to run through our agenda for today. We're going to start it off, as always, with the What You've Been Thinking. We're going to move on to Today in Baseball History, which we're going to roll right into a little game of sorts with old names, big names, and we're going to say, is this a good player or a great player? And then we're going to talk about our takeaways from the third week of the season. We're going to take stock on MLB leaders, and we're going to play another game called Buy, Seller, Hold. I'll offer the prompts, and we'll all... Save if we're going to buy, sell, or hold. And then we're going to have our draft of MLB uniforms, which Bobby brought to the table. Very excited about this. Additionally, Bobby also has our trivia question for the week. So he's going to try and stump David and myself. And then we're going to bring it all home with the song, lyric, or movie quote of the day and the trending Twitter topic. With that all being said, if you have a trending Twitter topic you want us to talk about, trivia the thing can stump david or our guests you can be a part of the show all you have to do is reach out to us on either instagram or twitter on instagram you can dm us at sometimes baseball and on twitter you can reach us at sometimes baseball additionally if you like our logo head on over to teespring.com slash store slash sometimes baseball if you don't like any of the current designs you can reach out to our email which is sometimes baseball at gmail.com all right we're gonna start it off with the what you've been thinking david let's hear him on my way home today, I was behind like a pretty nice car. It looked like a new Acura of some sorts. And uh, like I said, pretty good looking vehicle, but it was just covered in bumper stickers. And uh, I hate <laughs> bumper stickers. I apologize to any of our viewers who, who partake in that. But I, I just cannot think of anything that you would spend thousands of dollars on and then <laughs> cover with stickers. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll never do it in my entire life, and it is just a strange practice to me. Yeah, gosh, that's so funny. It's like people kind of take for granted how expensive their cars are. Like, that, how nice was the car? Probably like a $70,000 car or something? I have no idea, but it was too expensive to put a sticker on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was some of the stickers on there? It was just like stupid stuff, like proud parent of an honor student or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and like, honestly, yeah. no one cares. And uh, <laughs> there's my, my short rant for the day. Oh, uh, geez. I think, uh, yeah, gosh, Bobby, any thoughts on that? <laughs> I am also anti-bumper sticker. I just like, they, like there's, there's no reason to put those on your thing, on your car. Like, yeah, just very anti-bumper sticker over here. Yeah, I agree. All right, I think that's going to lead into my thought for the day. And I had this thought. Uh, is there anything worse than driving along and then all of a sudden there's just someone in front of you going like two miles per hour slower than you would like to be driving? Like, that is by far the worst possible thing to happen. Like, it's not that 
they're going below the speed limit. Like you're both probably going like five or six over, but they're going like two miles an hour slower and it's just ruining your day. I don't know. One of the worst ways that can happen is when you're going at a comfortable speed in the left lane and then somebody moves over in front of you and is going slow. And yes. like it just disrupts the whole flow of things. Yes. Dude, like if I and like you have to like slam on like your brakes and like mm-hmm. it's the worst. Like if like on the highway, that happens all the time with trucks. And I don't know. If I ever cut somebody off on accident or whatever, like I would be slamming on the accelerator to try and get up to speed with this person just so i'm not a hindrance to them it, oh yeah worst i don't know i um th- those are those are pretty bad but i i that's better than sitting in traffic as someone who had to sit through like 45 minutes of traffic today i would much rather be going two miles per hour slower than i wanted to that's probably fair yeah traffic's pr- pretty rough as well Bobby, let's hear your thoughts. Lately, I've been watching a lot of playoff hockey. Yes. And the playoff beard tradition, I think, is just an absolutely phenomenal tradition. And I think that might be one of the best sports traditions there is. I remember the, uh, what was it, the 2013 Red Sox? They had, like, the beards going on. Yes, and, like, they did. David Ross had, like, the horrible one with, like, the, the big white spot in, like, the front of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm not a big uh not a big Boston guy, but that twenty thirteen Boston Red Sox team was a very likable team. Yeah, the Boston Strong man. Yeah, that was that was a great story. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna go on a I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant here. I am pretty pretty teed off on uh the Cleveland Indians pitchers. So pretty much solely my, my my main beef is with Mike Clevenger with his little for I'm guessing everybody by now knows but going out and then not telling the team and then getting on the team plane and then saying oh my bad I actually went out with Plesak as well I think that is so low and especially for Clevenger who with Kluber departing this offseason was supposed to be a leader and Will, I know that you're a big Bauer fan. And he went on Bauer's little YouTube channel or whatever, yeah. his talk, and he even talked about how he was how he had a bigger role in leadership this year. Yeah. And blah blah blah. He had to have a he had to have a talk with Tito and all that mumbo jumbo and how he was ready to be a leader this year and blah blah blah. And then for him, of all people, with Carlos Carrasco is in your starting staff. You are clo- The starting pitchers are the closest people on a team. Carlos Carrasco, who just went into remission for leukemia. Like, how, how low of a human being and how selfish of a human being do you have to be to risk that and go out to have a couple beers? Like, that's just that, – that, really, that really set me off. Yeah, and it's like, why, why do you have to do it with the f- like friends? Why can't you just sit and have a couple beers with guys on your team? Like, <laughs> like I, I don't. <laughs> you know, you know, the mini bar was would have been just fine too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't. It's very, um, yeah, not a very good look for Zach Plesac, Mike Clevenger, and the Cleveland Indians. Um, they handled it 
uh, exceptionally well, I think. Uh, David, thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with, with Bobby, and I agree with your point there that um, they handled it the best way they could have, even though those guys are huge difference makers. They're obviously winners. If you check their stats, they just said, screw it, and sent them home anyway. Um, it's, it's not worth putting yourself in the position that the Cardinals are in now, and it's not worth you know, getting somebody sick or potentially you know, even worse, as Bobby mentioned. So, uh, yeah, I think the Indians did a really good job in how they handled it, and I do think it's incredibly selfish for those guys to, to go out and do that. Yeah, because it's like, what, 99% of the league can follow guidelines and these two guys can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, who really are you? You know, like, you're above the rules now. Like, come on. No, nah, uh, I'm not with that at all. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't care what you believe. or what, It's just the rules are the rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I deal with a lot of people at work every day who, like, hate putting the masks on or whatever. And I say, like, look, it's like a New Jersey law. You know, you, you got to put it on. And they're like, well, I think that's a stupid law. And I'm like, all right, well, I think that stop sign out there is stupid. But you know what I do? I stop at it every time. <laughs> every time I drive. And like you said, well, rules are rules. And I think now, like you said, everybody can feel whatever type of way they want to about this whole situation. But if it's a rule, you got to follow it. And it's just it's selfish and inconsiderate not to. Yeah, because they could have potentially put the Cleveland Indians out of – like playing for a week or whatever two weeks yeah even longer just like like yeah. this cardinal situation yeah and then you're stuck pitching double headers every fifth day <laughs> every fourth day jeez mm-hmm. yeah that's uh yeah thank you bobby that's a good thought there all right we're gonna move on to today in baseball history august 13th 2010 the first place Rangers beat the Red Sox 10-9 on an 11th inning walk-off homer by Nelson Cruz off Tim Wakefield. Boston took an early 8-2 lead with a seven-run fourth inning and hit five solo homers in the game, two of them by J.D. Drew. But Texas chipped away methodically at the lead and tied the game at 9 all in the eighth when Josh Hamilton, on second base after his fourth hit of the night, scored on Vladimir Guerrero's infield single. So there was a lot of names in there of guys that the average fan probably remember uh, between Nelson Cruz, Tim Wakefield, J.D. Drew, Josh Hamilton, and Vlad Guerrero, uh, which brought about the idea to play a game called, called very simply good player or great player, where you make gut reactions if a player is great or just good. Guys ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. So Josh Hamilton, good player, great player. I'm going to go with good. Good. I'm going to say great player. Things got ugly at the end there, but during that, that little stretch in Texas, I'll say great. And I feel like that's mostly what he's remembered for. Yeah, that, yeah the MVP in 08 was ridiculous. I'm going to say good just because of how often he was injured and that, yeah, it really – obviously the talent there was amazing, but – I'm going to say good. Uh, He finished with a career wins above replacement at 28.2. Finished with 200 career home runs exactly and 50 stolen bases. His OPS plus, though, over his career was 129. So very, very good. Uh, I wouldn't put him in the great category. All right, Tim Wakefield, good or great player? Good. Good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, good. Yeah. Never never (laughs) eye-popping. Yeah, I'm going to say good as well. Um, But – you'd be surprised to know that he actually finished with 200 career wins. 
and uh, a 34.4 wins above replacement. That's probably just from being around for so long. I was going to mention, wasn't he like 45 when he retired? <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from Jim oh, yeah. Wakefield there, but – yeah, he yeah, came up good, as good pitcher for sure. He came up as a fireballer with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he was just getting lit up. And so he's like, "What can I do?" And he figured out, "I mean, let me throw this knuckleball." And he met up with the Necro Brothers, who threw it uh, way back in the seventies and eighties. And good for him. Uh, yeah, he finished with over twenty one hundred career strikeouts in three thousand innings pitched. Yeah, if it weren't. If it weren't for the knuckleball, would the average baseball fan know Tim Wakefield? No. <laughs> you got to play with what you got. All right. Uh, here's, here's a name. Ian Kinsler. Good player or great player? I really liked Ian Kinsler, but I'm, I'm going to say good. Um, he hung around for a while, was on some pretty good teams. This is off the top of my head. I don't know if he had, like, great numbers. Oh, man. This is – yeah, I don't – oh. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with good. He was on both of the World Series teams with the Rangers, right? When they went back to back and lost. Yeah, and I think he was on the, the Tigers, Tigers too, right? Too. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. he won with the Red Sox. Oh, I didn't even remember that. I didn't either. Yeah, he wasn't playing much, but I'm going to say good as well. But his career wins above replacement is fifty-five point two. He hit 257 homers, and he stole 243 bases. It's crazy stats um, that you really wouldn't expect out of a guy like that. He, fi- he did finish, unfortunately for him, with 1,999 career hits. <laughs> so, oh. He couldn't, he couldn't <laughs> get like a Somebody contract. sign him. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the Marlins should sign him. Get him a two-day contract. <laughs> uh, just for the ball. But, yeah, all right. So, moving on to Brandon Phillips. Good player or great player? Good player. Good player. I, uh, yeah. I Human highlight really, reel. Human highlight reel. I was about reel. to say, like, defensively, stud for sure. But, um, I don't know. I feel like yeah. he was good. Yeah. yeah I'm I, just, I was, I was going to say, he's in my book, he's good. But when you're – like, when my – Big, my greatest memory of him is getting in that brawl with Yadier Molina. Like that, <laughs> I guess that kind of, kind of puts you in the good category. Because like, yeah. other than that, like I don't really think of him as like, like I think of defense in the brawl, and that's that's basically it. Yeah, you would you might be surprised to know that he finished his career with two thousand and twenty nine hits. That is surprising. Yeah, twenty eight point four career wins above replacement. Uh, Hanley Ramirez, good player or great player? There's two different Hanley Ramirez's. Yeah, that's, all, that's what I was going to mention. <laughs> if you just look at pictures, um, I was a huge proponent of Hanley Ramirez when so was he was I. in Florida and when he was on the Dodgers. I had a Hanley Ramirez jersey. I, I almost bought a Hanley Ramirez Marlins jersey that I found on eBay the other day, but somebody <laughs> sniped me at like a last second. But, um, I am going to say – I want to say great player for Hanley Ramirez. He got a little out of shape at the end of his career. But yeah. I, I want to say great. <laughs> he finished with a career 289 batting average, which uh, I found really surprising. Oh, I was, yeah, I was expecting that to be lower. Yeah, career OPS 124. Um, but, yeah, he just – he got the big contract and said, see ya to calisthenics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. All around, 
great player at the beginning of his career. Uh, along with the Dodgers, with the Dodgers, I think he was good for at least one of those seasons. Um, yeah, he definitely was. Yeah. All right. Uh, David Wright, good player or great player? I'm gonna say great. I I always have a theory that Mets fans hate Chase Utley because David Wright was never good as uh, was never as good as he was. <laughs> so, so um just for my Phillies fandom alone and this is a completely biased opinion and admittedly is wrong but I'm gonna say good yeah I am a fan of another NL East team and I was also gonna say good my dad labeled him as a future hall of famer uh back in 2010 or something um and if you looked at the stats he was probably right uh, he did finish his career with a 49.2 wins above replacement, which I did not expect given his severe drop-off and injuries. But, yeah, that guy, career OPS 133. He was a big proponent of their 2015 run to the World Series. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, my gut reaction is was always good because I never saw him when he was Captain America. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it was a shame that David Wright's career ended the way it did. Just as a baseball fan overall, that was um, – it was – you know, you, you hate to see that in, in any way, shape, or form because he was a stud for sure. Yeah. But uh, just like those last, what, four seasons where he played like maybe 30 games in all those years, like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, was, it was a tough way to go out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another third baseman, uh, Ryan Zimmerman. I'm going to say good. <laughs> uh, he, he, he had the shoulder injuries, um, and he's never healthy proponent of injuries um you guys you know for for the city of washington he was great yes so First, um for that for that purpose alone i'm gonna say great okay yeah when zimmerman is healthy he is something else uh he gets that stroke going to right center field and he'll win the player of the week you know he can get super hot um it's just a matter of being healthy i just for growing up in the dmv just this what he did for the city was just – he was – I feel like, yes, lately he was, like, very injury-prone, but I, growing up he was Mr. Consistent. He, when you think of Nationals, you think of Ryan Zimmerman. Oh, yeah. First ever draft pick for the organization. Maybe. Yeah, uh, well, well said by Bobby. Um, whether he's a good or a great player, he's definitely a legend of a franchise, yes. and, and not many guys can say that. So um, – I don't know. I, I was just going to say good, but um, for, for baseball in that market, as both you and Bobby touched on, great for sure. Yeah, yeah. He definitely – he reached legend status without being on the field for as much as he would have liked to be. Mm -hmm. right, he uh, hung around and he won. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hunter Pence, good or great? I'm going to go good. I'm with Bobby. Uh, Hunter Pence was a good player. played on a lot of great teams. Yeah, I, I'm going to say good as well. Now, here's a question. Whose career arc would you take, Zimmerman's or Pence's? Ooh. I think Zimmerman was more consistent, right? I'm, I think I'm going to go Zimmerman. I don't know. Hunter Pence had those really good years in Houston where the Astros were just so bad that nobody really <laughs> talked about him. Oh, that's tough. I'll go Pence if Bobby goes Zimmerman. I'll, yeah, I'll take Hunter Pence. Okay. Uh, the career wins above replacement. Ryan Zimmerman, 38.5. Hunter Pence, 31.1. Funny enough, Zimmerman has 1,784 career hits. Hunter Pence, 1,790, including this year. <laughs> Hunter Pence gets an extra point for me for just being able to hit with that funky swing. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
And the high socks. And if it weren't for 100 pence, the Giants would have never came back that one series against the Reds. That's true. Yes. Playoff legend for sure. (laughs) All right, getting into a couple pitchers here. Andy Pettit, good player or great player? I'm going going great player. Yeah, I'm going great as well. Yeah, my gut reaction is great. He was a part of those great Yankee teams. He finished with a career wins above replacement of 60.2. Wow. And he with 256 career wins. I know we're killing the win, but that's still a lot. And well over 3,000 innings pitched. And he finished with 2,448 strikeouts. Speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim Hudson, good or great? This is one of the tougher ones on the list. I feel like this is tough because I don't I don't really really remember his good days, like his like pri- like his prime years were before me. So I like I know like the down and out Tim Hudson. I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna go good. I was also gonna go good. I, didn't he have a bit of a resurgence at the end of his career with uh, somebody? Atlanta or the Giants or the Giants? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah I do. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And he won a lot of games in Atlanta. I have his stats up now for the Braves. Yeah, here he is with the Giants. And that resurgence was not as, as strong as I thought it was. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll go good player. Yeah, I, I'm going to go good as well. But I was very surprised to see that he finished with a career wins above replacement at 57.9, which is very, very high for someone with his career arc that it was. Uh, career 3.49 ERA. 222 career wins with a whip of 1.239, which is very, very good. Um, he he seems for early 2000s in Oakland, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was on that 2002 team. Yeah, the Moneyball team with Barry Zito, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Hudson looks like finished over 500, like just his pitching record every year in his career except for two, which is pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah, winner. Yeah, winner for sure. Yeah. A great winner. <laughs> That's pretty wild. That is crazy. All right, uh, John Lester, good or great player? Good player. I think I'm. I think I'm going to go great here. He's. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm going great. Yeah, my initial gut reaction was great, but when I looked at his career stats, like it, it's not where I thought they would be. <laughs> uh, Forty-five point seven wins above replacement. Three-five-five ERA in those really pitching heavy years of 2012, 13, 14, 15. The whip is higher than Tim Hudson's. Yeah, I was very surprised to see that. But this year, he's dealing uh, 1.06 ERA. (laughs) Good for him. All right, moving on to Scott Rowland. I don't know if you guys remember him, but I'm sure David does. Good or great? Oh, yeah. I was raised told that I should hate Scott Rowland. So (laughs) I'll go good. (laughs) wait why dude scott roland and jd drew were like relentlessly booed every time they played in philadelphia (laughs) because um jd drew refused to sign with the phillies after he was drafted i think first overall and then scott roland i guess like was pretty good here but caused like a scene and was clashing with uh the coaching staff and like just (laughs) demanded out and like did it publicly so, really, my only memories of Scott Rowland are, like, being in Citizens Bank Park and him getting booed. <laughs> uh, admittedly, I'm not – I don't remember 
Scott Rowland that much. He, third, third baseman for the Cardinals is all I remember him as on that World Series team in, what, 06? So I was still too young to really remember that, so I'll go good. Yeah, I don't really remember him. He was a bit before, but I was I just wanted to put him on here because his queer career wins above replacement was seventy point one. All right, yeah, that that's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, he had three hundred and sixteen homers in his career, two eighty one batting average, a career OPS of eight fifty five. He raked. He raked. <laughs> was was he also a Padre at one point? Might have been. I don't know. I know he was a red. Yeah, he was a red for a while. I, yeah, I remember I that, um, like, right at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. He was a red for that uh, benches-clearing brawl with Brandon Phillips and uh, Yadier Molina because he <laughs> came and was talking Yadier Molina down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to Evan Longoria. Good or great? I'm going to say great. I was going to say great, too. Yeah. These last couple of years have been weird because he just makes so much money where and like the production is way down from where it was. But um, he was a stud. There was like a four or five year stretch there where he was just an absolute animal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna same same thing as sort of the not as much as Zimmerman, but he was great for Tampa Bay. Like when you when for those like early two thousands. Like, when you thought of the Tampa Bay Rays, you thought of Evan Longoria. Like, oh yeah, he, he had to walk off to send him to the playoffs that one year. Like, That's he, was the MVP, he was the MVP on their team when they went to the World Series. Like, when, when you think of the Tampa Bay Rays early 2000s, you think of Evan Longoria. So, I'll say great. Yeah, September 28th, 2014, the greatest day in baseball. Evan Longoria sent the Rays to the playoffs. That was – it might have been 2013, but yeah, that was one of the best games of my lifetime. <laughs> I, I I'll watch the replay from start to finish. It's one of the craziest games you'll ever see. <laughs> it, in while simultaneous events were happening in Baltimore with the Red Sox, it was fantastic. I think that was 2012 because that was end of the Red Sox with Bobby Valentine. Oh, because <laughs> in the next year they came in and won the World Series in 2013. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yep. It might have been 2011. No, September 28th, 20, 2011. I do remember that now because the Red Sox were deemed as the greatest team of all time because they had like Adrian Gonzalez. Um, God, who else was on that team? All, all Carl I Crawford. Carl Crawford. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And then they had John um, Lester. Uh, <laughs> I went to Fenway Park. The day after, or like the first home game after, they traded all those guys. <laughs> really? Yeah. I remember, like, we went to the team store and everything was on sale just yep. because, like, all of the big names had gotten traded. <laughs> yeah. They had salary dumped to the Dodgers. All right. Uh, Evan Longoria, career 56 wins above replacement. And he is two away from 300 in his career. So good for him. All right, Felix Hernandez, good or great? Great player. Not willing great. to argue. Great. Yes, my gut says great as well. Yeah, career 50.1 wins above replacement, 342 ERA, a whip of 1.183, which is exceptional. Over 2,500 career strikeouts, 
the, the guy was mowing people down for the longest time, pitched a perfect game. And it, he was really anything and everything you could ask for a small market team like the Mariners. Yeah, if he played anywhere besides Seattle, this would not even be a conversation. Um, oh, yeah. But, Dude, imagine yeah, him like, on, like, the Yankees. Yeah, he was just great, and you never heard about it because he played all the way out there, and no one cared because they were always, like, not great teams either. I don't know. I still feel like even though he was on that team, like, everybody would think he was great. Like, It took forever for people to notice, though. <laughs> I think that was – I, I still think, think he's underrated. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I do, too. Yeah. Well, and he's he's still young too. He's only like thirty two or thirty three. That his his fall kind of sucked. Yeah, and and here's the thing with Felix Hernandez, his wins and losses for his career: one hundred and sixty nine wins, one hundred and thirty six losses. But for like the stats he was putting up, he should have over two hundred wins. Like <laughs> he was ridiculous. He had some stretch of like seven innings pitched and two earned runs or less. And I don't know how many consecutive starts, but he, yeah, he was dominant. Didn't he win the Cy Young at like thirteen and twelve? Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. He lost so many one nothing games <laughs> just because they couldn't score. All right, moving on to Cole Hamels. Good or great, David? Take it away. Oh, you know my answer on this one. Great. Cole Hamels was consistent, and Cole Hamels was consistent for a really long time, and he was consistently good. Um, but I think just the fact that he was able to piece it together for so long puts him in the great category. Uh, that might be the Philadelphia in me saying that, but he was an all-star how many times? He won the World Series. Uh, World Series MVP, threw a no-hitter. Yeah. Um, I'm going great for Cole Hamels. Bobby? I think I'm going great as well. He, David touched on everything. When you think of Cole Hamels, you think of consistency and consistent of being very good. So I think that's what makes a great player. Yes. Yes. And I, I want to say great as well. Here's the crazy thing about Cole Hamels and Felix Hernandez. Let me just read off their very similar stats. So they, Felix Hernandez, 419 career games. Cole Hamels, 422. And in that, they both had a 3.42 ERA. Felix Hernandez threw an extra 30 innings in that time. Felix Hernandez had 2,524 strikeouts. Cole Hamels had 2,558. <laughs> and uh, they both – Felix Hernandez had 169 wins. Cole Hamels had 163. Uh, but, yeah, very similar careers. But Cole Hamels, with his consistency – at a 59.5 career war compared compared to Felix's at 50.1. So he aged better than Felix for sure. Yes. Yes. Very much so. All right. That brings the end to our first game of the day. We're going to move on to takeaways from the third week of the season. My first takeaway will be, we'll go with Dylan Bundy. He has had an absolute resurgence in Los Angeles with the angels. He was a former top prospect with the Orioles who just didn't really didn't, didn't really, really pan, pan out. He did not pan out well at all there. But this year he's three and one, has a one five seven ERA. All four starts have been quality starts. Looking at his stats, the two biggest things that stood out to me, he's got twenty eight innings pitched, only three walks, and only fifteen hits against. His strikeouts are He's got 35 strikeouts. That's 10.99K per nine. He's just absolutely dealing right now. And 
it almost it's it's too early to say this, but like it's it's almost like it's another Arietta thing where it's they leave Baltimore and they're they're just they're ready they're ready to ready to rise to the top. Yeah, he's second in the league in strikeouts right now. He has one of our complete games on the season. We're up to five of those for the season. Very exciting stuff. Um, but yeah, Bundy is uh it's amazing, really. He's dealing. And he's beat high-powered lineups, too. I think he had Oakland twice. Um, he might have had Seattle, who has, like, been hitting pretty well. Yeah, he's not beating, like, scrub team. Yeah, for sure. All right, here's my takeaway from the third week of the season. Um, I'm watching these games like playoff games. I'm on the edge of my seat, pulling my hair out, keeping tabs on all the other teams in the league to see where my team stands, and I'm having so much fun. This season is wildly fun because if some team – wins a few games in a row they become a playoff threat and i love it like the orioles are a playoff threat i guess i don't know they keep winning (laughs) they just they aren't losing and it's really incredible (laughs) i don't know i'm just i'm having a blast with the season so far each game is literally worth three times as much yes as they usually are and like you said that has created this insanely competitive atmosphere and it's a blast. Baltimore actually is a playoff right now. Like you said, you know, you weren't sure about it because they're the Orioles or whatever. They are. Yeah. Because how many wins do they have already? Like 10? They're up there, yeah. And I want to say they're 10 and 8. Yeah. So they're well in the mix of things. Like they're going to have to lose a bunch of games in order to, to drop out of even that wild card race with this expanded playoffs. It's it's a blast for sure. It's it's weird with the no fans, but you can get over that weirdness really quickly and just appreciate how fun it is. Yeah, they are they are ten and seven now. Like they're kind of in it. They're a wild card team right now. Oh they're, yeah, yeah, they're in it. In it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like uh, Renato Nunez has like a three fifty batting average. Like he's just <laughs> crushing doubles over everybody. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see. Uh, <laughs> but I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it, David. Your thought, your takeaway from the third week of the season. Uh, I've got a question about this this last week of the season. Is Charlie Blackman human? Because what <laughs> is going on there? Absolutely insane. The kid's hitting like 500. Uh, he has more I, hits. I just don't understand. <laughs> he has more hits than the entirety of the Cardinals team. <laughs> yeah. Well, the that... Cardinals have only played five games. Still. Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just – Okay, yes, yes. Like, I I I see your point there, but how many at-bats do you get per game? And then multiply that by five, even though, like, since they only play five games. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that is true. It's absolutely (laughs) asinine. I'm loving it. And that's going to be one of our buy-seller holds uh, coming up. I was going to piggyback on that and ask another question. And yeah. that question is, how long can the Rockies compete with the other two teams in the NL West? All right. Well, we're going to get that. We're going to get oh. to that. That's one, of my, that's one of my questions here. All right. So, we're going to take stock on MLB league leaders. And we're going to buy if we absolutely think it will happen. Hold if we need a little bit more time because we could see how it'll work and see how it can't. And sell if we think it will not happen. Buy, sell, or hold. Here we go. Miami is currently holding a playoff position. They make the playoffs this year, 2020. Buy, sell, or hold. So, I'm also selling. I'm selling too, but it's been fun. They are currently the league 
uh, they are the leaders in the National League East at eight and four. They are one game above statistically over the Atlanta Braves. Young group, not sure if it holds up. Yeah, it, they're um, very much on thin ice um, <laughs> with uh, their roster they have put together. The Rockies are leading the National League in wins. They make the playoffs. Buy, sell, or hold. As a reminder, David Carey and I all picked the Rockies to make the playoffs. Buy, sell, or hold. I, yeah. I think I'm buying that they make the playoffs, but I, I think that they make it as a wild card team. Okay. With Bobby on that. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a very fair point. Yeah, I'm buying the Rockies now. I I like what I see. Who's their pitcher that they have that's finally back? Freeman or? Freeland, oh, Kyle they, Freeland. They, Kyle Freeland, I think he's pitching well. Like <laughs> Senzatella is throwing well too. Yes. And then so is John Gray. They're, Which they're is the pitchers. biggest – that's the biggest uh, factor for them. Yeah. yeah. And Herman Marquez has a 2.08 ERA. Yeah, that, yeah their, their pitching staff – it's how long can their pitching staff keep up? Like, if their pitching staff can stay consistent, then not only are they going to make the playoffs, but they could possibly do damage. With their yeah. lineup with Blackman, with Arenado, like, it's yeah. – it, it, it could get dangerous. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm I'm just not sure if I'm ready to buy in on these pitchers completely, and that's why I'm saying I'll buy that they make the playoffs, but I, I don't think this level of winning is going to hold up. Right. All right, so the Pittsburgh Pirates have a – actually, they just finished a game. I have to update they their win. They didn't win. They did not win. They won. They lost? No, they won. Okay. <laughs> All right. Come on, Trout. I did this last night, all right? All right, the Pittsburgh Pirates have a 235 winning percentage. Do they set the modern record for lowest winning percentage in a season? For reference, the 1916 Philadelphia Athletics hold the record with a 235 winning percentage. To beat that record, <laughs> the Philly, the Pirates will need a final record of 14 and 46 to finish it with a 233 winning percentage. <laughs> Do the Pirates win 14 games, buy, sell, or hold? <laughs> 14 games or less, buy, sell, or hold? I'm saying more. That That's very biased of me. And I think, think my boy Kevin Newman is going to win me a couple games. Mr. Walkoff. So you're selling on that. They're above 235 at the end of the season. Yes, I, yes. They, they will win more than 14 games. I'm going to go with that. David? Pirates are bad. Um, that, <laughs> that pitching staff is really ugly. But just probability-wise, 14 games isn't that many. So I, I think they're also going to finish with more than 14 wins. I'm going to hold. <laughs> I, I'm very – I don't know. It's pretty rough. It's. Uh, I, I can see your point. Like I'm betting on odds here more than I'm betting on the Pirates themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm very much on a hold position with the Pirates right now. I, I hope they do well. Uh, I think uh, them finishing with 20 wins isn't out of the question. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very unsure at this point with uh, Dovidas Nevarowski's throwing out there. Um, all right. Uh, Fernando Tatis is leading the National League in home runs and stolen bases. Buy, sell, or hold. He leads the National League in homers and or stolen bases at the end of the year. 
Oh, I'm buying that. Big, big Fernando Tatis fan. I, I think his – no, I'm going to go with home runs. I say he'll lead the league in home runs. Oh, wow. Okay. David, buy, selling, or holding. It's hard because I also really like the kid, but I don't know if he's going to lead the league in either of those categories. So I might hold. Okay. Um, he is a stud, though. I'm prepared to say that James Shields for Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be the worst trade ever, <laughs> uh, or at least top five. Yeah. The, the, Pirates would like to have, the Pirates would like to have a word with you. I Dude, think it's worse than the Archer trade. <laughs> think... This is a whole conversation. It's a whole different conversation that we could dive into if we want to. Look I up think, James Shields' numbers on, on Chicago. I think the Red Sox want a, qu- a word with you about their uh, uh, trade of Babe Ruth back in uh, 1918. Um, <laughs> I, look, if it's not the worst, it's, it's going to be top five. Yeah, the, the Babe Ruth one is the worst one of all time. I think that's unquestionable. It was for like $50,000, maybe 100000 It was $100,000, but still. Yeah, the, 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 that, that trade is pretty rough. I am buying. I, he is electric out there. Uh, if it's not homers, I think it's definitely going to be stolen bases. That guy is fast, and he's got a green light, I'm pretty sure. Because like, <laughs> uh, Tommy Pham has five. Uh, he, he's also on the Padres. These guys, it's like uh, Jace Tingler's just, hey, go. Just go. <laughs> I love it. happens. Like you said, electric is the perfect way to put it. Yeah, he, he he tagged up and scored last year on a pop up to the second baseman. It was I was there. The it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All around fantastic. All right, Charlie Blackman, Donovan Solano, and DJ LeMahieu are all above four hundred. Buy, sell, or hold. One of them hit above four hundred for the season. Buying, and it's not going to be Donovan Solano. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mark mark your LeMay- calendars. Donovan Solano will hit over 400 uh, based on Davis. <laughs> <laughs> My predictions haven't been that bad so far on this podcast, but um, there's a couple that have been rough. Like the Orioles, they're proving me wrong for sure. But uh, DJ LeMahieu, a- one of the least appreciated players in baseball. Guy plays six positions and absolutely yeah. rakes. Yeah. And Charlie Blackman, of course, like I mentioned earlier, is is just an absolute animal. And I think one of them will finish over 400. I don't think both. Yeah, it's fun to watch for sure. Yeah, I don't. I yes, I'm. I'm also with David. I'm gonna buy. I. Yeah, I, I think one of them is, and I'm. I'm leaning towards DJ Lemayhew just because he's so much more consistent. Oh and yeah, consistent. Like David said, he might. He might be one of the most underrated players in all of baseball. So I. Yeah, I think I'm gonna buy on DJ Lemayhew. Yeah. He's going to get so much money this winter. Oh, so much money. Yeah. And I, I'm going to buy not, too. And I think my, my pick's going to be on Mayhew as well. He's just so consistent. Another, another factor in that is you can't pitch around him. No. Yes. That's very important too. I mean, it's tough to pitch around Charlie Blackman with Arenado and Story in there, but still, like, you can't pitch around Mayhew. Uh, other guys that are close um, or above 350, I should say. Starling Marte hitting 369. Good for him. Daniel Murphy 358. Bruce Harper, I mean Bryce Harper, uh, 356. Uh, Bo Bichette 352, and Hanser Alberto with the Orioles 351. So uh, guys are raking early. 
Um, I think Bichette was like five for five yesterday. I don't know if he played. Yes, today. five for five yesterday. Yeah, and he also walked. So, <laughs> all right, second to last one. Six pitchers are at an ERA of one point five or lower, with Randy Dobnak and Trevor Bauer below one. A pitcher will have an ERA below one point five this season. Buy, sell, or hold. Like a starting pitcher. Yes. So, who are the other three? Uh, the other four are John Lester with the 106 that we mentioned, uh, Lance Lynn with a 116, Zach Plesak, well, um, <laughs> with a 129, and uh, Adam Wainwright has a 15. You know, I'm, I'm going to buy on Trevor Bauer. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming bigger and bigger on Trevor Bauer, and the way that he's been pitching in Cincinnati, I, I'm going to buy. Yeah, I, I've been a Bauer fan for a while. Um, I and I, I wouldn't. Is it out of the question to say he's the face of baseball? Just the way he puts himself out there, <laughs> like he takes the, <laughs> he takes all the shots um, that people throw at him. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't like, call him the face of baseball. He, I would say, I would say he markets himself the second best in the major leagues, behind Harper, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, yeah. Tim Anderson markets himself the best in that major leagues, and that has made me a Tim Anderson fan. Yeah, he's he's fun for sure. Yeah. All right, last one. Shane Bieber is leading the major leagues in strikeouts. He will lead the league in Ks at the end of the year. Buy, sell, or hold. Buying. Not sure how much they're paying the like pitching development staff out in Cleveland, <laughs> but it's not enough. Yeah. Because those uh, like those guys just crank out arms like it's nobody's business, and Bieber is just another example. He's absolutely filthy. Didn't he like break the record for most starts in in two or most strikeouts rather in two combined games or something? The last yeah, time he was out there, the start of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> he's he's a beast. I'll buy that. Do you have the numbers in front? Like what what is how many is he leading by? Do you know? I think it's by seven. He has 43 strikeouts, and Dylan Bundy and Sonny Gray are both at 35. So he's leading by eight. All right, I'll, which I'll is buy a full it. start. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to buy that just based on those two, the two guys beneath him. I think that he'll produce more than they will. So I'm going to buy that. Yeah. All right. Well, here's something crazy, and we don't have to get into a conversation about this, but. Sonny Gray's at 35, Trevor Bowers at 32, and Luis Castillo's at 31. There are, the Cincinnati Reds have a starting rotation. That's scary. Oh, yeah. The, the Cincinnati Reds rotation is just absolutely disgusting. Like, there was, there was a stretch where they – I think they went, like, six straight starts with all quality starts. And I think they gave up either one earned run or less in every one of them. It was just – it was – Last week going into the – it was the second and third week. Just six straight starts of absolutely disgusting pitching. And I think if their offense can show up more, then I'm, I'm, I'm buying the Cincinnati Reds. For right now, I'm not. But their rotation is just disgusting. I saw some crazy stat about Trevor Bauer's spin rate. If you're into nerdy stuff like that, it's something ridiculous. I don't know what is considered like a good spin rate, but whatever article I was reading is saying that his is up dramatically from last year and is like something stupid. Like so, I think like three thousand is elite. 
like elite elite like the one percent of the one percent like three thousand on any pitch i don't know yeah i don't know enough about i don't know how to interpret it um yeah i know three thousand's a lot (laughs) uh, yeah he's it's way up and that's like directly impacting his performance yeah they're uh watch out for them they are only eight and eleven but they're coming they're gonna start hitting a lot more than they have been all right, we're going to shift gears now to the draft of MLB uniforms. Should we do a pick to see who's going to uh, – should we do a, a random thing to see who's going to pick first? Like pick like a number between 1 and 10 and we'll ask Siri. Trout, you do a good job of hosting. You take it. All right, I'll take the first overall pick then. I'm going to take the St. Louis Cardinals Powder Blues. For, like the, the Cardinals just regular whites is the – one of the best uniforms in baseball, like the regular white uniforms with like the, the birds sitting on the bat. But when you add the powder blue to it, oh, it, it's, it's an awesome uniform. I love it. I love it. The red and the blue just go so well together. I also um, like what, their – like the off-white beige yeah, uh, alternate. The green. Those, yeah, those, those, are, those are also very nice. I think, I think the Cardinals overall have one of the – top uniforms in all of baseball yeah their set two. is gorgeous top yes. two not two <laughs> yes you can't go wrong with any of their jerseys really uh like you said the home whites man love them so classic so clean uh, yeah that's all a good pick right. yeah and a reminder uh for our listeners um we we work this out amongst ourselves but once a uniform is selected and just the one uniform the rest of the team's uniforms are out for the remainder of the draft. All right, uh, David, take the second pick. There's going to be a lot of powder blue on this list. <laughs> uh, Phillies powder blue. I'll, they're wearing them right now. They're, they're my favorite Phillies uniform. I originally had Cardinals home white as my number one pick, but uh, Phillies powder blue, I'm taking the second. I will say that the Phillies powder blue is one of the ugliest uniforms in baseball. Oh, no way. Dude, the Maroon. Yeah, the maroon, on is here. the maroon is gross. You just hate seeing Bryce Harper in one. Dude, I, the maroon. <laughs> I'm out on the maroon. Out on the maroon. It, it's not a good look, man. No way. Taking it first uh, with my first overall pick. <laughs> I'm Put out. it on an Instagram poll. Cut this right now. I'm staring dead <laughs> into the camera. I want your answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm buying the uh, powder blue Philly shirts. Thank you. <laughs> Bobby, what's your uh, first pick? You know, with my first pick, I think I am going to take the Miracle Mets home jerseys. So, like, the 85, 86. I don't – there's, like, a little bit of a difference between those and the current ones, but those pinstripes, to me, those are just fantastic. Nice. I thought we were only doing 2020. Um, but yeah, all right. I, there's no rules. Yeah, let's yeah do it. <laughs> let's take it. <laughs> uh, whoops. Um. Yeah. I get that's. They wore those a couple years ago. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. They wear them as like an alternate, like yeah. like a throwback kind of deal. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. If you if you if, if we're going oh, okay if we're going only current teams. I'll, no I'll man, save it, save it, save it, save it. I like right. that pick. There's no rules. <laughs> right. There's no rules here. <laughs> I will say an uglier uniform than the Phillies powder blue with the maroon eh, 
is the Mets away uniform, like the blue with like the gray writing. I hate that. I don't, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about with like like the gray writing that they have on like their blue jerseys. It it's not a good look. It, uh, Are we really going to compare the Mets blue and orange to the Phillies powder blue here? <laughs> I can't even entertain that discussion. Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 with David here. I'm those. Yeah, no, that's that's not a conversation. I'm I'm going to die on this mountaintop, I, <laughs> and I'm at the top of the mountain. I think people maroon <laughs> as well. <laughs> Sheesh. All right. My next pick, uh, the Dodgers home whites. Oh. They're the Dodger blue, man, with the red numbers. It's one of the best, cleanest looks in baseball, bar none. It's amazing. It's, yeah, it, it's so fresh. Yes, great pick. You're stealing Manny all Ramirez, my man. 99 Dodgers. What? I said Manny Ramirez, 99 Dodgers jersey. I That's that's one that if, if I get enough money, I'm, I'm investing in one of those. We got the Don Drysdale, man. The... <laughs> Three. <laughs> David, what's your next pick? Oakland. The it was tough. I, I was, yeah, it was tough for me to pick between just the white homes or the Kelly Greens, but um, just to spice things up a little bit, I'll go Kelly Greens. I love Oakland's uniform set. I think all of them are awesome. I would wear each of those jerseys. Yeah, so that's my pick. I think they look really good. I love just like the uniqueness of their color scheme. And um, I, I like another thing I really, really like about Oakland's uniform, they make their players wear white cleats. So like they blend in with like the pants, which I think is so cool. Do they? Yes. I've never they, known that. Next time you watch an Oakland A's game, they are all wearing white cleats. I'm looking at a picture of the Oakland A's right now. Yeah. And I, I, I am picking up on that now. That's, that's pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> I, I did not know that. All right. My next pick is going to be – we're going to go with the red, white, and blue White Sox current alternate jersey. That, that's another Super one that color. I think is pretty ugly. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, Trout. David? Nathan, red, white, and – I know the black, like the red, white, and black ones. No, or, it's, it's blue. It's it, red, yeah, white, Yeah, it's like blue. a navy, yeah, with like the oh, stripes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was black this whole time. It's like a midnight navy. No, nah, it's blue. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I yeah. like those. Yeah, those jerseys are fresh. Love those. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm out on it because, like, their colors are black and white, and they're like, the, uh, I'm not a fan of the red in there. Yeah, but it, it has, I think it has meaning, it has meaning towards the city, but I'm not really sure what it is, but. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wow, the, the whole time, I thought these were black. <laughs> I, I will say that I do like the lettering, the S O X. I think that's cool. Yes. I think yes. That, that's like a cool I think, accent to it. But I like the red for me just doesn't do it. I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I don't. It's not. They they, they have they have a little bit of red in there. I guess it was more of like the O five jerseys when they won the World Series. Like there was a little bit of red in those jerseys. There's not much anymore. I can't really remember where the red, white, and blue comes from, but I think it has something to do with the city. I think it has meaning. Gotcha. All right, I am taking uh, the Orioles black jerseys with the orange script. I think it's so fresh. Like, uh, when they wear those at home with the white pants, it looks great. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I think they uh, 
back in like the seventies or eighties, they tried the black with uh, black pants and it just didn't look good. They also wore all orange jerseys at one point. Um, so orange tops, orange bottoms, and that those were not good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm taking the Orioles black with the orange cursive script. Big fan. Uh yeah, you mentioned black pants, and just real quick, I want to say that black pants should never be on a baseball field ever. I think that looks hideous, but yes. um, I love Baltimore's <laughs> uniform set. I even like their road jerseys. I don't like many of those gray road jerseys, but I like theirs. The orange pops so well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's a good look. Yeah, that's a good pick. David, next pick. Yeah. Oh, Bobby, uh, yeah. No, I was just going to say I agree. My bad. Getting, like, an Adam Jones one would be cool. He was always a guy that, like, Good guy. <laughs> you can find uh, cheap Machados online. Oh, I, I was, I was, I've been looking for baseball jerseys, and um, yeah, like guys that have recently moved, you you can get their jerseys real cheap. If it's like a bit more like vintage, quote unquote, then it starts getting pricier. But stuff like Machado, I bet Jones too, you you can pick up for decent prices. Yeah, I don't know if I would get a Machado one. Um, ever since he intentionally threw the bat at the third baseman, I think it was Donaldson. Uh, yeah, it was Donaldson. <laughs> Yeah, that that uh, I don't know. I, I never really. And then he also like he like spiked Aguilar, Jesus Aguilar, in like the NLCS or whatever two years ago. Or <laughs> I don't know. Not, oh not, yeah, with the Dodgers. Yeah, when he was with the Dodgers. Yeah. If we're going all time jerseys, I loved the Brewers from a couple years ago. They were the Serviceros jerseys. They were like gold and had Brewers in Spanish on the front. I don't know if either of you guys know what I'm talking about, but um, I thought they were gorgeous. I really like that gold color. It sort of reminded me of, like, the Washington Wizards, Gilbert Arenas jerseys. <laughs> and, um, yeah, overall pretty clean. I know, but, yes, the Milwaukee Brewers, I always liked the all-gold tops. Like, you never saw that, and I, I just thought that was super cool. Yeah, that's what I like about it. Pretty unique. Um, I like the Spanish on the front. I think that adds an interesting flair. So uh, that will be my third pick or fourth pick, whatever round we're on. Bobby. I I really appreciate the uh, Gilbert Arenas gold <laughs> Wizards jerseys. Those are those are top five for my favorite jerseys of all time. Uh but for my next jersey, oh, let's take the yeah, I'm gonna take the new Pirates alternate blacks. I think those jerseys are just fresh. They're like I don't know what I don't know the correct term like faux fog. Faux bags, like faux hawk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think those. I think those jerseys are fresh. I I need I need a Kevin Newman one. Yes, yes. The Newman's crewman over here. <laughs> Gosh, if we're going all time jerseys, I'm gonna take the purple and teal Diamondbacks uh, pinstripe jerseys. I think those are sweet. Back in like the 2001 World Series, they wore those last year too. Yeah, for like a couple throwback uh, games. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bobby's shaking his head at me. No, I'm I'm out on those. I don't know. I'm I I don't think I've ever liked a uh, Diamondbacks jersey. I think yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, it might have to do with their colors, but like, I'm just out on all Diamondbacks jerseys. They've got like eight jerseys now, man. You can't pick one you like. <laughs> no, the, the, they, they got they 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 try to do the gray with the teal. Like that's just gross, dude. Those gray uniforms look like they're constantly soaking wet. Yes, yes. like they're too dark. 
Yes. Yeah, I was picking the ones back in the early 2000s, all right? <laughs> I'm still not a fan. They they even had like the vest jerseys, which I'm a big fan of. I, I do love I do love a nice vest. David, what you got? How about Astros like rainbow jersey? The sunset. You know I mean? Yeah. The um, sunset jerseys, yeah. Love them in like old photos, love them in new photos. I would get one if people wouldn't uh, toss insults my di- in my direction for wearing one. Oh, you would um, definitely get them. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, dude. I have a Carlos Correa jersey now. No way I'm wearing that. But um, <laughs> I-, I love those old ones. Yeah, they're they're sweet. I almost got a George Springer one like four years ago when he first came up because I was like, I love this guy. Like he mm-hmm. he he's, he might he's still one of my favorite players, but less so now. If that makes sense. I don't know. Bye in, ter- bye. In, ter- in terms of the Astros, I, I still think George Springer out of all of them might be the most likable one. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's a good thought. Uh, Bobby, what's your next pick? I'm going to go with the Giants home whites. Kind of a classic look, kind of an off-white. I don't know. Just that I that paired with the, the helmet with their last name on it, I just think that's Ooh, so yeah. fresh. That's like, cool. I do like that. Yeah, so many like all all the other teams just do the number and that with the uniform just to me that that's that that's that's one of the top uniforms for me. Yes, one of their alternates this year is the orange one with like the really cool script writing. I don't know if you guys have yeah. seen that, but like the yeah. G is like the soup like a super big uh, down down swoosh or whatever. I love it. I think it's so cool. Yes, big fan. I love I love all the giants uniforms from the road to the home to the alternates third i think i think the giants have like the like the i i would say that i would put the cardinals above them but the giants are up there for most complete uniforms yeah yep i agree all right my next pick i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the home royals white jerseys they're like that royal blue is just so good looking uh with uh, their hats and like the uh, the the blue is big. I'm a big fan of the blue, and they they look very very good. They have a sexy set for sure. Like yeah. like it it's very it's very clean looking. Yes, yes for sure. Uh, they also got like a bit of like a a, a baby blue uh, uniform, and then like the like a full royal blue jersey with the white lettering. Um, but yeah, big big fan overall. They. Have you seen the powder blues that Toronto is wearing now? Ooh, that I that that one was uh, one I was hung up on. But I was gonna say the the Blue Jays, the regular blue tops, not the powder blues, because the white pops so much better. The lettering, I don't know, but yes, mm-hmm. they, those are good. I do. Yeah, like, um, cool. I, I was also thinking maybe the Blue Jays home also, but I just saw those powdered ones the other day for the first time, and uh, that's gonna be my pick. Yeah, like I was caught up on that, but if you look at like their blue jerseys with the white lettering, the lettering pops so much more than the um, mm-hmm. um, ba- the powder blues. But yes, overall another good set um, all around. I do like their their away jerseys are good even, <laughs> and it's tough to find a good gray jersey. But yeah, uh, Bobby, pick of the draft. Now for the last pick, I'm gonna go with the yeah. We'll we'll stick on the baby blue train. And uh, we're going to go with the Baby Blue Expos. So that's going into the Nationals category. But those Baby Blue Expos are just fantastic. 
one of the coolest all-time logos. Yes. I mean, I think all I think all of the Expos jerseys were pretty sweet, but those baby blue road unis were just were fantastic. But like the Expos logo, what is that? I think it's supposed to be like an MLB because it's like an M for Montreal, and then like there's like an L in there, and then like uh, like the blue at the end of it, like the the red is part of like the M, um, but the white is an L, and I think the blue part is a B. Um, but I could be wrong, but I think it's supposed to be MLB. Yeah, I can see it. But also an M for Montreal, and then like the red is also like an E for Expos. It's a pretty cool logo. Yeah, no, it's a cool – I just never knew what it was until now. Yeah, it's not as cool as sometimes baseball, but uh. – <laughs> Pump your own, Trout. Pump your own tires, Trout. Hey, for the brand. Uh, <laughs> other cool ones we left off, the Rockies vest jerseys or their current purple ones, um, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays with, like, the rainbow in there. I don't know. Bobby's not a fan. I'm not a fan of the Devil Rays. Any any Rays jerseys? I don't. I don't know. They, they're, they're like back in like the two thousands. Yeah. No. I I I hear you. I I just. All right. Re- researching for them, looking at all their jerseys today, I was I was not a fan of any of them. I like those rainbow ones. The black. There's um, I think it's Mitchell and Ness, like Wade Boggs uh Ray's rainbow jerseys they put out i've been thinking about buying one for so long <laughs> another one I, I saw that i really like i don't know if you guys have seen it but they recently introduced it the mariners cream white jerseys with the blue and gold script i think it's so cool like the blue they use i, I think it's a very good look yeah big fan i think they've been using them for two years or so yeah. but uh yeah huge huge fan of those um yeah, I I just they're sort of like a uh, like the pirates, like a faux throwback. Yeah, like they yeah. put their own like modern twist on them. But yeah, I, I was I was a big fan of those. Yes. All right, that concludes our draft. Moving on to the trivia question. Bobby has brought the trivia question for today. So Bobby, take it away. All right, boys. So at the on opening day. There were 1,800 roster spots. 806 players played in college. What university has had or has the most players on a roster? Gosh, I don't follow college baseball at all. I'm going to say, I don't know. I feel like it would be something like a Vanderbilt or like a Stanford. I don't know, David. I was going to say either Vandy or Arizona State. Arizona State, that's a good uh, – I don't know, like a Florida, Florida State, Miami. I don't know. Like an SEC school might not be bad. I don't know. Uh, well, so you, you, named, you named about six of them. So uh, <laughs> one, of them that you, one of them that you said is, in fact, right, and it is Florida with 19. Wow. Yeah, UVA comes in second with 17, and then there's a three-way tie for third with 16 with Cal State, Fullerton, LSU, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, okay. I knew LSU had a lot of guys. Um, Yeah. 
But yeah, Florida. Who went to Florida? I know Pete Alonso went to Florida. Pete Alonso, Harrison Bader, Darren O'Day, Preston Tucker, Mike Zanino. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a great question. Wow, how'd you find that? Follow UVA baseball on Twitter, and they and the <laughs> NCAA baseball account retweeted it or tweeted it. UVA baseball retweeted it. So there you go. <laughs> sure enough, there it was. So only 800 guys out of 1,800. Wow. I guess there's like yeah. a lot of young guys in um, high school. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not, not great when you, in terms of college players. Like when you think of, oh, like I got to go to college. Like, I don't know. It, I've been very on the fence of like at 18 as a senior in college or as a senior in high school. I've gone through it for the last, like, four years. Oh, would I go to college? Would I go to the pros? I think I'd go straight to the pros. Yeah. It's just – it's going to college just kind of delays your clock in my in my mind. I ain't come here to play school. <laughs> Cardale Jones, uh, Ohio State. All right, moving on to the song lyric or movie quote of the day. Bobby, what would you bring for us? As I'm sitting here in my Roberto Clemente jersey, yes, I thought, what better way to bring it home than with a Mac Miller quote of "I am fee fi fo from the Giant, best thing out of Pittsburgh since Clemente with the Pirates." <laughs> so huge, huge Mac Miller fan. Day he died will crush me forever. But that, yeah, the way that he embodied. Pittsburgh to me really uh really brought me home with that one yeah man didn't he have a pirate's tattoo on like his hand or something yeah he had he had a he was he was very invested in the pirates and just everything about him was was Pittsburgh had a whole bunch of Pittsburgh tattoos had some pirates tattoos threw out first pitches for the pirates all the time had his own Pirates jersey and it said 412 which is the area code of Pittsburgh and on the back it just said Pittsburgh so he he really he really embodied the city and really brought it home with him yeah for sure David I went Kanye West today I've got uh from New Godflow I, I really like that song when it first came out probably like seven or eight years ago now and I heard it on shuffle on my way home today so um it's went from most hated to the champion God flow. I guess that's a feeling only me and LeBron know. Ooh. And um, <laughs> I always thought that was super cool. When that song first came out, it was right after LeBron won for the first time with Miami. Yeah. And like everybody hated LeBron. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's a cool one. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Kanye is a very interesting person. Uh, I wouldn't want to spend a day running around with his thoughts, but um <laughs> yeah imagine getting him on here for what you've been thinking uh we would we would We'd still be still on be that there. segment yeah. <laughs> uh, Sheesh. all right uh so i chose a movie quote today and it comes from once upon a time in hollywood david and i watched that in theaters and david i will say that it is a fantastic second rewatch i, I don't know i just remember sitting there and just waiting for something to happen and then it all went down in like four minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, rest in peace to the Southside Movie Theater, man. Yes. Seriously. Oh yeah, that's that was a tough that was a tough loss. But going back and watching it for the second time, knowing what happens, 
it's fantastic on a second rewatch. So I bet. one line from the movie that stands out is when a very high Cliff Booth immediately recognizes uh, the intruders from the ranch, uh, the part of the Manson gang, and tries to remember their names. Uh, Tex says uh, very coldly in the now infamous line that was actually said in real life, I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. And here's where my line comes in. Cliff simply responds, nah, it was dumber than that. <laughs> trying to remember his name. <laughs> oh gosh, so funny. Fantastic movie, Brad Pitt, fantastic actor. I just got that for my dad for uh, either Father's Day or his birthday, one of the two. I bought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for him, and I've been meaning to watch it with him like, since then, but we haven't done it. So one of these days we'll get to it. Great movie. Yes, tomorrow night, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, could be. Well, I'm with you on that one, Trout. The the first time was it was a good it was a good watch, but that the rewatch is it's definitely it's definitely a rewatchable. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to be able to like say yes. Let me rewatch. It's just because it's a very long movie, but it was worth it. Very much worth it. Bringing it all home with the trending Twitter topic. Blockbuster. <laughs> they tweeted for the first time in six years on Tuesday. <laughs> and they said hi checking in with like a little waving hand <laughs> so they got trending very quickly because uh they're trying to get the uh noticed how the last blockbuster store in the world is in bend oregon and it is shutting down in september and so do you guys remember going to blockbuster stores uh we only had we had one uh, by our grocery store and every weekend we would go and pick out what we wanted to watch i remember trying to find the bench warmers when it came out and it was always out of stock i remember talking to like the, the workers there and i'm like hey can you guys put this on like uh can you like reserve for us when it comes in i was like eight trying to watch this movie <laughs> but yeah the bench warmers fantastic maybe so i don't know how about you guys any special memories from blockbuster uh, for me, it's it's funny that you say that because my only memory of blockbusters is going to get the bench warmers with my neighbors. Really? <laughs> yes. We we went there, and we we read the we read the little like the summary on the back, and like it had the like parental like whatever. Oh yeah. And and we to my neighbor's dad, we were like, "Come on, come on, you gotta let us do it." And he was just like, "All right, fine." And we went home and as, I, like you said, eight-year-olds, like, I don't know if that was necessarily, like, acceptable for us to Probably watch not. it, but, <laughs> oh, man, that was that was such a fantastic experience. Loved. Yeah, yeah that's, love that movie. That's, other than that, I have zero memories of that blockbuster. Yeah, it's one of the few mainstream baseball movies out there. Uh, but, yeah, David, any special memories? Nothing too special. I remember going in there, but my biggest question from the fact that Blockbuster is tweeting again is, is somebody still being paid to be their social media manager? <laughs> like, who has access to the Blockbuster accounts? That was my thought. I was like, how many email, like, how long did it take for them to figure out the password to that thing? And or did they still have the recovery email address linked to that account? Like, yeah, like does that one store in Oregon have access to the Twitter account? Is there still somebody out there who was once the social media manager who was like, you know what I'm going to do today? 
tweet. <laughs> yeah. Like, is it like some 36 year old that still has like the Twitter account on like his phone? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Let, let me see what they actually tweeted. Their last tweet from 2014 was last chance. Blockbuster stores close at 5 p.m. today. <laughs> Discounts up to 90%. Get DVDs and Blu-rays for 99 cents. <laughs> and then they got a little link. Uh, and then, so they, then they, on Tuesday, they tweeted, just checking in with a waving hand. And then, like, an hour later, they said, okay, we've seen enough. Checking out. <laughs> As uh, Twitter is very classy. But, yeah, uh, that was what was trending on Twitter. So thank you guys for a very long episode, but very much worth it. I had a lot of fun doing this one. As did I. All right, Thanks David's winking at me again. I think it's time to shut it down. Uh, <laughs> and all right, he blows a kiss, and uh, we're blowing a kiss to our listeners. Thank you for joining us for this long episode. Have a good one.